And a very good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Friday Live, the June 26th edition. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. And the last June. Last last Friday in June already. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Six months from now, Christmas will be over. I know. (laughs) I heard that somewhere. Maybe it was our pastor saying. I said yesterday. Maybe you were listening to my show. I said yesterday was <laughs> no. six months from from Christmas. It, and also our pastor said during Mass, I hope you started your shopping list because six months to the day was Christmas Day. Maybe he was listening to my program yesterday. Hopefully he was. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm looking at our little monitor here. My eyes look tired today. Are they tired? My eyes look tired on camera today. I really? I'm usually more bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, but my eyes look a little... A little well, I don't think you got your whole nap today. No, I didn't. <laughs> it's that preparation for the program, that meditation, that being slain in the spirit. It's the nap. It's the nap. <laughs> or nap. It's the nap. Yeah. The nap that'll do it. Well, we want to welcome you to the program on this, again, last Friday in June already, the 26th, 2020, and uh, today on our program. A little later on this hour, we're going to have our dear friend, Deacon Anthony Co join us. Uh, he's going to talk about his and everybody's senior spirituality, so we talk good to talk with uh, Deacon Anthony. Uh, we're going to play Name That Catholic Tune. So, Oh, I'm... I've got a good one for you today. Oh, okay, very good. And you will know this one. You told me what it is. That's how I know it. Oh. And you tell me already? <laughs> but by then you'll forget it's what? And I have it written down here in front of me. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> so I wouldn't but forget it. If I didn't tell you. It's one you would have recognized. I would have recognized, sure, yeah, because I'm a of child time, of the 70s. Yeah, <laughs> most of the time you think, what is that? Uh, and then next hour, our friend Father Jim Grogan will be here to give his reflection on this Sunday's gospel. And then uh, Tony Varis, and Tony is the director of worship in the Diocese of Metuchen. And he's going to talk about well, returning the, to Mass. Returning to Mass, the, those things that remain the same and those things that have to be adapted and adjusted for our unusual times. Mm-hmm. But uh, each week, it seems to be there's new directives unfolding. So um, we just have to follow the leader, I suppose, uh, I leaders. Yeah. Uh-huh. But anyway, he'll give some nice insight and explanation of what to expect. I think part of it is the unknown. And if we can just over-communicate so people will feel comfortable and feel at home. I think what's happening, and you and I have talked about this, uh, is as things begin to open up and, you know, there are different, now you can eat indoors in restaurants. Is it here, uh, Pennsylvania only, Jersey? Pennsylvania, Not Jersey. I know, we're we're bilingual. Well, by state. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, we have dual citizenship. So... In Pennsylvania, you can eat in the restaurants now? Indoors, limited capacity, whether it's, I think, I want to say 50%. But Jersey, you can't. You still have to eat outside. It's outside dining for so New Jersey. I, I think what's happening with all of these regulations, mandates, guidelines, people are just kind of settling into whatever their own personal comfort zone is, sure. whatever they're comfortable with. Oh, yeah, and you have to respect with. that because everybody oh, has sure. a different way of reacting to things. You and I seem to not care about it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but uh, I'm not really bothering us. Maybe I'm it's because gonna... we're, well, I'm me more than you. I, I don't really see anybody anyway. I've always been socially distant mm-hmm. <laughs> from people. <laughs> and uh, I always just, God's will be done. You know, I'm taking the precautions. I am being careful, but not to the extreme. But I started to say, nor will I criticize or judge anyone 
by whatever their oh, comfort. Oh, no, no, no. You're you right. Know, th- that's not what no, we're saying. No, no, no. We're not saying that at all. If you follow the guidelines, and we do. I mean, if I see a sign on the front door of, a, of an establishment that says, you have to wear a mask, I'll, I'll wear my mask. And you wear that mask when you used to rob banks, right? Like, yeah. Is that the one it's you're the, using? It's the Jesse James outfit I put on. The, yeah. whole, the whole thing, the cowboy <laughs> hat, the mask, the, <laughs> the boots. Uh, but yeah, whatever. And I'm the same way. I figure if the Lord wills it and, I, and allows me to get mm-hmm. the virus, then it's God's will. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking is, for it, but yeah. And my opinion, this is not the opinion of the station. Although I think you and I, personal, opinion. we are the station, and we we represent this. Yeah, but opinion. we respect everybody's opinion Absolutely. and the way they deal with it. Absolutely. I had, you know, I, I see even some of my own friends, uh, high school friends. I, I was going to say what I know what they're friends? from high school, so we're we're old now. But <laughs> I don't see them, but I communicate every now and then, and they're just I see just by their communications that some are really, really, you know, really, and that's fine. I understand Extremely that. That's cautious, the, if that's what sure. makes you comfortable in this whole thing, then go ahead and be right. that way. Sure. And hopefully, we just pray that soon everyone can be back to where we were, and everyone can be comfortable, and the fear is gone. What a terrible way to live in this black shadow. Right of fear following you around. That's no way to live. No. So let's so. pray. Holy Father gave us beautiful prayers to pray to our Blessed Mother uh, during this time of pandemic. Amen. So we'll pray these pr- this prayer and also the prayer to St. Michael, the Subtum Presidium prayer to our Blessed Mother to protect the church from the attacks of the devil, praying for all of your intentions. And I did get an update. I asked our friend Brian to give me a, give oh, me a um, little update. He said Maria is still in the hospital. Our friend Maria, in case you're, you're, and I'm sure everybody's aware if you're a regular listener, our young friend Maria, 17 years old, diagnosed with a tumor on her brain stem about a year and a half ago and not given a, a lot of time uh, and still with us, obviously, uh, in the hospital, though, and her folks are trying to make plans to take her home. It could take up to three weeks, they said, to get things in place to learn how to care for her because she is on the respirator. Um, so she's still in the hospital. Yes, but they're trying to decide how to get her home and, and how they can care for her. Yeah. Um, hmm. They're praying that the Lord will just show them uh, and and just, you know, take the next step in whatever his will is. I spoke with the doctor. He said, I spoke with a doctor this morning who said he's never really experienced anything like Maria. He called it the mystery of Maria. He said she is bringing a spirit of hope to the whole hospital staff with her grace and calm in the midst of all of this. Mm. Uh, and he said nothing would surprise him at this point. Now, there is going to be a rosary plan to be prayed one day next week. I don't, I don't have any really details yet on the grounds of the hospital. Oh, I want to go then. Outside Maria's room. So uh, when we get more information about that, and the hospital's given it a green light, so thank you to Doylestown Hospital for doing that, and he'll give us the details. So we'll keep that in prayer, um, as well as all of your intentions, my friends. So let's begin as we begin all good things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick, who at the foot of the cross were united with Jesus' suffering and persevered in your faith. You know our needs, and we know that you will provide, so that at, as at Cana in Galilee, joy and celebration may return after this time of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the will of the Father and to do what Jesus tells us. For he took upon himself our suffering and burdened himself with our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. And we'll say our prayer to St. Michael and the beautiful ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother. 
Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And again, my friends, thank you for praying together. Please keep all uh, everybody's intentions in prayers, but especially our our dear friend Maria and her family uh, during these times, showing great grace and strength uh, through it all. And I think of those families who have been waiting and waiting and waiting to connect, reconnect with their family. And not everybody lives in the next town or even a neighboring state. Maybe they were planning to fly to Florida or California or Midwest or wherever it might be. And, you know, half the flights aren't really going and the schedule is minimal and other states now are, you know, questioning maybe we don't want people traveling here. So it's just seems like so many disappointments. And the thing is just to hang on to the hope and hang on to the Mm -hmm. faith and use all the technology for good. The FaceTime, you know, sending pictures, sending videos or just talking on the phone. I mean, that might be it. I think a lot of summer travel is probably on hold or mm-hmm. frozen or mm-hmm. can you even rent places do you do you want to drive anywhere i, I you know it's well it's driving probably is probably better than easier flying. than flying right although flying now and i hear now we're we're on the landing pattern here of mercer county airport and, and the frontier jets do you hear that yes they use our towers as a vista point either when taking off or landing they you know they mm. if they're landing they kind of circle around if they're on a particular pattern anyway i've heard more of these and i used to hear a lot of them yeah because they you know they're they're jets and they take off and land out of they're not far from here so and there was a point there where i didn't hear any but right. now i'm starting to hear more of them so mm-hmm. obviously more people are traveling and not as not as as they were back in mm-hmm. pre-pandemic but right. Uh, people are flying, but there are restrictions there too. You have to wear your mask on the plane. And I think it's every other row or every other no, seat. No middle I mean, seat, which is I don't, that's I don't, fine. <laughs> might be a reason to fly. Yeah. There's now an open middle seat when you fly. And you know, it's, the, I think, very inexpensive. I, I think they're trying to encourage people to come, so they're running all sorts of sales depending yeah. on where you're going and where you're leaving from. But and there too, again, it's a matter of mm. what people are comfortable with, and right. you know, we totally understand, especially those who are more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like when I I had my annual visit with my doctor last week, and he was asking how you're feeling, et cetera. And he he you know I'm I'm 65, so I'm I'm in that age group now, yeah. And I'm not slim, Jim. So <laughs> that seems to be a a condition, you know. But he said he said you know you're not diabetic. Obviously, you're not even pre-diabetic. So that was good news. And then he he gave me vitamin D, which apparently battles is good for the, the virus mm-hmm. he put me on vitamin c d. and d well i always take c a lot of c but mm-hmm. he put me on d as well so um 
and then you do what you do, you know. Like I said, right. I, I, but I've always, I've always washed my hands. I've always had hand sanitizer. I've never shake hands at mass. <laughs> I just wave and nod. So I've kind of set the, you know, you my own bar, bar, yeah, for this <laughs> for years. Yeah. Socially distancing myself from people. Um, quarantining, quarantining, working alone, working here by myself. That's right. So I've kind of lived the life. He's a social guy. I've lived, I've lived, you be, but you say that I am when I in the proper setting. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm more shy than I am, you know, standoffish. I just I'm just not comfortable in large, smaller groups. I, large crowds. If I can be up on front with a large crowd, I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. In a little circle of people, I'll just sit back and let people do the talking. Yeah, yeah. that's just me. Why you're not like that? And though. we're not. I'm not judging. No, I'm a I'm no, chatterbox. Just, that's why I, I like people. when we go places together because you do all the talking. Yeah. I have to stand there. And, I just have to stand <laughs> there and nod, not talk to people. That's right. All right, our friends, uh, our friend, Deacon Anthony Seo, is going to join us in just a moment, friends. So uh, he'll be here. So uh, stay with us. We have a lot more to come on Friday Live. Don't go away.
Alrighty, welcome back, friends. Happy to have you here on this beautiful June 26th. And uh, joining us now is a dear friend. He always brings such great joy and great wisdom and insight to our programs from the Diocese of Camden, Deacon Anthony Co. Deacon, welcome. How are you? Well, thank you so much for that beautiful welcome and introduction. I appreciate it. Jim and Cheryl, how are you today? We're fine. We're in a good place. How about you? (laughs) Good place also. Thank you. Good, good. And another beautiful day God gives us. The weather's just been glorious. Yes, yes, yes. We are so fortunate. As a matter of fact, I know we're fortunate with the weather. I think we're we're probably all fortunate that we're able to get back into our churches a little bit if we're so inclined to do so. Yes. And, uh, you know, we're starting to be able to uh, to get close to our Lord again mm-hmm. uh, in the sacraments. So lots of good things are happening. That's right. And I will tell you, from uh, I'm a parish musician, so from my vantage point, I can look out upon the congregation, uh, not directly eye to eye, a little bit of a profile, but when mm-hmm. people were— receiving the Holy Eucharist after being three months away. I, I was going to say weeks, but it was really three months away. There were so many tears, so many tears of joy. You know what? That is absolutely true. Now, as, as a musician, if I could just ask a question. Sure. Do, do you find anything different about what you're able to do in church? Are there some restrictions that you have that, uh, that you have to keep in mind? Definitely, yes. Um, well, they are discouraging any congregational singing. Uh, as you know, the, the singing projects our aerosol breath or, you know, all those little <laughs> particles even farther when you're projecting. So they thought, minimize the music, that it's more meditative. And on the other side of that coin is um, these people are so happy to be back in church. Don't they just want to keep it simple and wallow in the joy of I am here and meditate on every little word and action the priest has and going to communion. I think why interfere and interrupt their just simple joy to be there? I thought, give them time to realize where they are again without saying, okay, now we're all going to sing and doing all the verses of everything. So we cut way, way back. There's one verse of an entrance hymn, one verse of a closing hymn, and everything else is just soft, instrumental, so they can just pray and meditate and look around and be happy. That is absolutely beautiful, and I have to tell you, uh, my my parish must have been way ahead of its time, because it was about 10 years ago they asked me not to sing in church, because my voice is so terrible. (laughs) Oh, I don't believe it. They didn't have to wait for the pandemic for me. Oh, boy, so you set the bar on that one. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. That was such beautiful what you said, and I just had to kill it with a... Uh, yeah. with a no, 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 yes. it's, all, it's, all it's all good. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I, I have a message I'd like to share today sure. with everyone, if I can. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, and even, though, even though my topics are senior spirituality-related, uh, this this is really for everyone, as I think most of my topics are. But this is really for everyone, you know. So so we're still in the midst, and even though things are getting better, we're still in the midst of this coronavirus, and and and, and you know we we have so many restrictions on us. And and I think I mentioned last time I was there, we have people talking about the new normal and being concerned with what that new normal is. So what what I want to do is just maybe talk about how we can rise up out of the weeds just a little bit. 
lift ourselves up from the minutiae surrounding us, re- relating to you know what we think things are going to be, and maybe take a fifty thousand foot view and focus once again on Christ's message to us. So, so to get there, let, let me kind of share some good news and bad news. So the good news is we know we're starting to emerge a little bit from, this, from the restrictions. Uh, things do look a bit different. Stores are reopening, but there's distancing guidelines. Hair salons, nail salons, restaurants, we have outdoor seating. People have had to make adjustments. Mm-hmm. Um, mass is resuming, as we mentioned. And we're, we're used to now seeing taped-off pews, and we're wearing masks, and we're receiving communion at the end of mass. Mm-hmm. Things are different, yes, but those are minor inconveniences when compared to the great joy that comes from once again receiving, and as you said, being able to see a share the faces of people as they were receiving such joy. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see that things are changing, and even though they're a little bit different than what we're used to. So things are encouraging, right? Mm-hmm. But there's also some bad news. There are some new concerns that we need to face. People who are on the fence regarding their faith are they going to come back? People who are on fire with love for others, has their fire kind of burned out? People who were already angry with the Church, are they going to come back? So our isolation over the past few months, and we know that isolation is going to continue for a while, has distanced many of us from each other, has distanced us from the people who need the Word of God in their lives. So our ability to do things for others has been restricted. And I think that unless we refocus our efforts on outreach, helping to share our faith and so on, we will have, I'll say unintentionally, abandoned those people who the Lord is asking us to help. Now, during the past week, I happened across one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It's from the letter of James, chapter 1, verse 22. And it says, Be doers of the word and not hearers. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Those nine little words provide a kick in the pants for me, mm-hmm. and I think that it could provide a kick in the pants for everyone, because those words are a call to action. And it dawned on me that what we need right now more than ever is a call to action. Um, I, I had read that passage many, many times. Uh, be doers of the Word and not hearers only. But they didn't take a hold in my life until a few years years ago, when Bishop Dennis Sullivan, our bishop in the, in the diocese, great pastor, great leader, gave the deacons a book. And the book was written by Timothy Cardinal Dolan, and the title of the book is Doers of the Word, Putting Your Faith into Practice. And I, I didn't have to open the book to read it, just a cover. Whenever I see the cover, it says everything to me. Doers of the Word, putting your faith into practice. The, the book just contains simple essays, uh, emphasis on trying to discern God's presence and God's direction to what He's calling us to follow. And that book continues to remind me that I am being asked to be a doer and not just a listener. So listeners, where is God calling you to go? What is he calling you to do? And who is God calling you to be? And that's what that passage says to me. And when I think about being a doer, it kind of takes, in the time that we're in right now, it kind of takes me to a second part of a message, which is that 
we can't be content sharing our faith with another person just one time and hoping that will sink in. If we're going to be doers of the Word, we have to repeat our words and our actions over and over and over again, so that they will sink in and they will take hold. I heard this great little story recently, which I'll share with you because I love stories. Um, and it's a story about a newly ordained priest. He was assigned to a parish. On his first Sunday, he preached this unbelievably powerful sermon. The people were so excited, they praised and complimented the bishop with letters and phone calls, thanking him for assigning this new priest to their parish. His second Sunday comes, and the people are excited. They can't wait to hear his words. And what does he do? He comes to the ambo, and to their surprise, he preaches the exact homily as he did the previous week. So the people were a little bit disappointed. They thought maybe it was his newness, maybe he was a little bit nervous. His third and fourth Sundays come, and it turns out he does the same thing. He preaches exactly the same homily. Now the people are frustrated. So a group of parishioners, they ask for a meeting with the pastor. So in their meeting, they confront this young priest, and they say, Father, listen, we know that you're new, and we know that you may be a little bit nervous, but do you know that you've preached the same message at every Mass for the past four weeks? The young priest had a smile on his face, and he said to them, I know I've been preaching the same message. Here's my question for you. Have you put it into practice yet? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. The, the parishioners were stunned, mm-hmm. but the young priest made a point. Right. Yes. His goal was to make them doers of the Word and not just hearers. He understood that to listen to the gospel message and not practice it is a failure to improve yourself. And I know that story is a stretch, but there's something to be said for focusing our efforts on a message over and over again. That's something that we need to do. It's something we need to do in these times right now. And Jim, I know you come from a business background, and so do I. Um, I have a tendency to look at things through a business lens. And in, in my secular career, when I was training leaders in the business world, I would ask them to memorize a simple phrase. I would ask them to memorize this. I'd say, inspect what you expect. In other words, if something is really important to you, then you have to treat it like it's important. In the business world, if sales reps were expected to achieve their sales goals and number of new accounts, specific number of meetings, that had to become part of their conversation. Mm-hmm. So when I would meet with them, yes, there would be small talk, um, but right at the small circle would be, so tell me, how many new accounts did you open? Mm-hmm. How many people did you see? What were your sales for that day? It wasn't long before they understood that these things were important, because I would not let a conversation go by without talking about them. Now, some people understood that very, very quickly, caught on it was important, and did those things. Other people avoided me like the plague, because <laughs> you can imagine they didn't want to have those questions constantly. Right. But the point of it is that we need to take our message to others. How do we bring our spirituality into the other people's lives? Mm-hmm. How, if, if we want our families to understand how important God is in our lives, what are we doing? 
Are we saying grace before meals? Mm-hmm. Are we uh, with our children and grandchildren? Are we showing them what the relationship looks like? Mm-hmm. Um, are we praying the rosary together as a family? Are we doing the things to help them to understand how important it is and it's time to lead others to Christ? So I guess my, my, my message that, that I really want to share more than anything else is that we could come, we, because of the restrictions that we've been under, it might be very, very easy to forget where the Lord is leading us. And the Lord, us, Lord is leading us to be doers. We need to be doers. We need to take that message out. And in order to do that, we need to take that message out over and over and over again in every conversation, in everything that we say, in everything that we do. And then we will be doing God's work. We'll be leading others to Christ. We'll be showing them the joy that comes from a Christ-centered life. And that's what, where I'd like to kind of, you know, leave, leave my message with folks today. It's beautiful. Thank you, Deacon. That is a great message. And, you know, as, you, as you're talking and I'm listening and I'm thinking about all of what you're saying and how all of a sudden we're finding ourselves needing to kind of find new ways to do that because there are some restrictions. There are not, there's not as much freedom of interaction or conversation necessarily. Uh, so we have to discover new ways. We can't just allow ourselves to be shut in and leave ourselves behind behind shutters and, and behind closed doors, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's not what the Absolutely. Lord wants. He wants us out in the world. And so uh, finding new ways to do that is, is a great opportunity. There's, if I have time for just one quote I'd like to share. Sure, please do. There, there, Pope Benedict said something I thought was very, very enlightening. He said, being a Christian is not the result of an ethical choice or a lofty idea. He said, being a Christian is an encounter with an event, a person which gives life to new horizon and decisive direction. Mm. The question becomes, how do we become that encounter for other people? Mm-hmm. How do we make sure that our actions are allowing other people to encounter Christ in such a special way that they walk away saying, I know where I'm being called. I know what God's calling me to do. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, it's, it's just a message. It just needs to resound with all of us because we've been so restricted for this period of time. It makes me think of a, a lady friend that I have. Um, she was in my choir years back, and she would say she would rise in the morning. She would thank God for another day, and she would pray that he put someone in her path that she could share the good news with. And she that, that was very simple. Beautiful. Thank, you know, that was it. Just pray that God give me the opportunity every day. We have a chance for another opportunity, and just pray for God to lead you to a place where a person comes past you, and then the spark is ignited. You know, what 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 a wonderful message! You are absolutely right, and that's what it's simply what we're called to do, mm-hmm. uh, and being and, and be, being open and on, open and honest enough that when when that person does go through our path, that we are just ready to share with them Mm -hmm. through our words and through our actions that we can lead that person to Christ. I love it. Amen. Right. All right. Well, Deacon Anthony Co., we thank you so much, as always, for being a part of our domestic church media family, for being with us today uh, during these uh, very challenging times. And your your words are beautiful and very inspiring, and we hope that we'll uh, be talking with you again real soon. Thank you so, so much. It's always great talking with you and listeners, and God bless you so much for you and for your ministry. Thank God you, bless Deacon. you, too. We look forward to the time you can come, and we'll have that hug. 
I can't wait. All right. I can't wait. All and right. I promise I won't sing. Ah, there you go. All right. God Although, bless you, dude. I'm kind of curious about the yeah, singing Yeah, we have the now. karaoke set up here. We'll put you on stage. <laughs> All right, Deacon. Have a great day. Stay well. Okay, bye. Take care. Bye-bye now. God bless bye. you. All right, friends. You stay where you are. More to come. Jim's here with the weather. Don't go away.
God gave us night and day So we could play and pray together So now let's see what's headed our way As Jim gives us the weather All right, and now it's time for our domestic church media chief meteorologist. I thought he was going to be coming from the Barnegat Lighthouse today, but there was a change of plans, apparently. Jim, uh, I saw that photo of you (laughs) on on Facebook at the Lighthouse. Was that today? That was, I I woke up at 6 o'clock this morning and decided to go for a long bike ride. So I went from my house in Beach Haven Crest and went to Barnegat Lighthouse. And back, and that was uh, 24 miles total. Wow. Wow. So now you have the ice pack, the heating pad. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would. No, no, not yet. Fabulous. Not You're doing great That's a good work. ride. Well, of course, it is, it's all, that's a good ride because it's all flat. Flat. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is all flat. No hills so, on LBI. Um, well, there, there's very slight changes. So I have this app that I use it's called RunKeeper or something like that. And it will show you your change in elevation. So there's slight changes, but for the most part, you just call it flat. Okay. (laughs) So uh, actually, I was thinking, because Cheryl's always saying she wants to ride bikes down the shore. Is there a bike rental place there in LBI? Oh, sure. There must be, right? Oh, yeah. There's a few of them. I'm not sure if they are there places that rent like road bikes, but they rent those beach bikes, you know, ones with the that tires. Oh. <laughs> That's fine. Stop and yeah. go. I'm not one of those 10 speeders with, you know, the funny okay. pants. <laughs> but I will That's say. I have, the, the, funny, the funny handlebar one. Yeah. I, I like the thing where you, you sit in the back with the covering. Is it like a little tri, 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 tricycle and you sit in the back and somebody's pedaling for oh, like you? Like the, the Surrey with <laughs> the fringe on top? Yeah. <laughs> That's my speed. I'd be sitting in the back, although the poor, the poor peddler would have a tough time dragging me around. <laughs> No you're, comment. You're, you're in the back with, with the scotch and the, and the cigar. And a, and a cigar, that's right. That's, yeah. that's, that's my idea of Jersey Shore living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you had a great, I'm going to, here we go, here's my great transition. You had a great day for it, though. Beautiful that, weather today. Yes. Oh, great, yeah. Um, just wonderful conditions this past week uh, at the beaches. Um, and it's been, it's been warm inland as well. Today, it's uh, warm, but, uh, you know, you don't feel that, that humidity. It's a, a bit drier. Um, so let's look at the local temperatures. Ewing, you're at 84. Freehold, 86. Hamilton, you're at 90 degrees. That's the Atlantic City Airport, which is a little further inland. Yeah. Very hot there at 90. Hamilton, 84. Cape May, 86. Each Haven, the cool spot, 77. Seaside Heights, 81 degrees. Mm. So tonight we're going to have partly cloudy skies, low 68. Saturday, now, you just listen to the weather coming into the weekend and into next week. It's just typical summer weather. I love it. It's great. So Saturday, uh, afternoon and evening showers and thunderstorms likely partly sunny, high near 90. Saturday night, chance of showers and thunderstorms continue, mostly cloudy, low around 70. Sunday, chance of showers and thunderstorms in the afternoon, partly sunny, high near 90 again. Sunday night, those chance of showers and thunderstorms continue, Partly cloudy, low around 67. And then Monday, mostly sunny for the first day of the work week. High near 90. And looking into next week, we're looking at highs in the mid to upper 80s. And as we get uh, say further along in the week, Friday might be near 90 again. And mm. just the uh, you know, chances of those afternoon afternoon and evening thunderstorms coming through. So very summery pattern we're in. And uh, if you like the warm weather and the 
little cool off in the afternoon with those showers and thunderstorms. You're going to like uh, this weekend into next week. Sounds like a great beach week. Sounds, yeah, sounds I'm like heading back tomorrow. Sounds <laughs> like Florida. Yeah. But you know what? When the yeah. wi- when the winds come in off the west, that's when those greenhead flies come. Don't they? Isn't that when the when the when the wind comes off the west instead of the the ocean breeze? Is that when those greenhead flies? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So yeah, especially on the barrier islands, because yeah. if you look um, across the bay from those islands, it's all muck. You know, the mud and the muck. Is that where they that's live? That's where the flies. That's where they live. Oh. And when the west the west wind comes, it blows them onto the island. And Wednesday, I went to the beach after work. I sat down, and I, as soon as I sat down, there were about twenty flies around me. <laughs> so I just I ran into the water, went for a swim, and then went back home. Got out of there. That's but, right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah that's so but the, uh, the west winds also bring in uh, slightly colder water. Um, you want that southeast wind, south. You know the south, the winds out of the south southeast. The, you know, bring in the warmer water. Now you've been and you, to get rid of those bugs. Yeah. Okay. You, you've been in, you've been in the ocean water. Has, has the water warmed up over the past week or so? Yeah. The the te- water temperatures are in the uh, say upper sixties, maybe around 70, 70, 71 in some places. So it's not it's not too bad. Getting better. All right. Very good. Well, Jim, All thank right. you so much as always for sharing your knowledge with us and your expertise. And uh, you're heading back down there, so enjoy the weekend. And we'll look forward to talking with you. Well, actually, next week is Fourth of July weekend, so we're gonna, not going to be here. Right. But we'll talk to you in two weeks. Okay. All right. Great. All right. God bless you, Jim. Well, have Thanks a great so much. Fourth of July. Have you, a great holiday weekend. And, you too. Uh, you too. All Our right. best to the family. Bye bye. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. Time to name that Catholic tune. Boy, he really has a knack for those jingles, doesn't he? Yeah, our little Anthony. Our son Anthony, yes. <laughs> I enjoy those. Well, They're too short, hey, Anthony, right longer ones. They didn't come cheap. 50 mm. bucks a piece I paid for them. Well, you are really a high roller, Jim. I think he was still in college when, when I asked him. I, Probably it was good money He was a poor then. college student. Okay. I said, I'll pay you 50 bucks for each jingle you can write me. I'm sure he was thrilled about and it. And he did. You heard me then. Well, he, that's, he, he wrote them, recorded them, sang them, played them. Mm-hmm. Now he's writing symphonies. symphonies. <laughs> so, anyway, we're going to play the game, and that game is this, that Cheryl will give you some information about today's Catholic tune, and then she's going to, are you going to do the, uh, the, uh, I'll use the piano, this okay. is a piano song. Nine foot Yamaha Grand. Absolutely. Wheel that in, and she'll play a little bit, a uh, little sample of the melody on the piano for you, and then if you think you know what it is, give us a call at 609 609- Four nine three eight two five five. That's six zero nine four nine three eight two five five. And tell us what the Catholic tune is, and you can win a fabulous prize. I like last week. We had was it uh, Carmela, who yes. was on the beach at uh, uh, Avalon. Yes, Lit just happened to find us and right. played along and won a prize. Mm-hmm. She knew she was, she was, she was an from organist somewhere else from yeah. Delaware. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when Cheryl plays the uh, the sample of the melody, friends, you can give us a call at six zero nine. Four nine three eight two five five and name that Catholic tune. Okay, so here's our story. Sometimes the secular world helps make a sacred song popular. And I learned something on this tune today because I thought it was simply a secular song and 
and we had it in our hymnal, but I didn't know the history behind it. So now you will know the trivia behind it. So it was a sacred song first. It was a melody that came from Scotland. And in 1931, this beautiful Scottish melody um, was coupled with a poem. And the poetry text came from actually uh, like a school teacher who wrote children's rhymes. Hmm. But the editor of this hymnal said, we need to have a hymn that gives thanks to God for each and every day. Mm -hmm. So this hymn is a reminder that every day we have a new opportunity, just like Deacon Anthony was saying, we have a new opportunity every day, just as fresh and new as was the first day of creation. All right. Okay. But... So it was published then, this beautiful melody, put the text on top of it, and it was published in a 1931 Christian hymnal. 1931. But Before I was born. Who of any of us knew about it until 1971? Ooh. When Cat Stevens made it. Oh, there's a dead giveaway right Very there. Very popular. But play a little so bit of it. I'm going to play it anyway. All right, bring that mic over to the... Nine foot grand. Somebody and, uh, probably already knows what we're talking right. about. 609 493 8255. But wait until Cheryl plays a little <laughs> sample here. 609 493 8255. And here is some of today's Catholic tune. Ooh, 609-493-8255. Can you name today's Catholic tune? 609-493-8255. Made popular to those of us as children of someone's calling. Yes. As children of the 70s. Uh, let's go to line one. Hey, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Oh, I'm Bob from Point Pleasant. Bob from Point Pleasant. Very good, Bob. And what do you Hello. think today's Catholic tune is? Uh, morning has broken. Very good, Bob. Morning has broken. That's right. Was Cat Thank Stevens you. the guy? Yeah, years ago, I thought the same thing. I heard that song on the radio first when I was a kid, and then I saw it in the church, and I'm like, oh, we took a song from Cat right. Stevens. I didn't realize it was the other way around. Absolutely, and and me too. As yeah. a, I'm in music ministry, you think I would know mm-hmm. a little bit more, <laughs> but I thought, how the heck That's did a... they sneak that pop tune into the hymnal? You know, but then it exactly. made me. Yeah, you read the words, and um, like the first morning, like the first bird, like the fresh grass, it is like the first day of creation. Every day is anew for us, so it's, okay, I'll accept the history. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Hey, right. hey, Bob, what's your parish down there? All right. Give a okay, shout out to I'm uh, St. Martha's. Saint Martha. I'm, actually, I'm actually the youth minister at the parish. Oh, okay. Very oh, good. Now, are you are you uh, kind of in hiatus right now with uh, no? Um, I've been working from home since mid March. We actually uh, just pastor told us this week we can come back to the office on uh, next Wednesday, July first. Well, that's great. That's great news uh, for yeah, you and and yeah. and the parish. Are there going to be? Um, yeah. Restrictions then, as far as when you get together with the youth, young people, that being laid out for you now. Yes, yeah, yeah. We have. The, I've been having things on Zoom, and we're still not um, foreseeing any in-person meetings, at least through the summer. Yeah. At least through July and August, our pastor has said so. Yeah. Um, like I said, thankfully for we have the Zoom to the psychology these days. You know, I think That's about true. when mm-hmm. all of us were.
or if this happened when all of us were younger, we'd be totally lost. Wouldn't we? That's so true. Telephones and no other way. Exactly. All right, Bob. Well, listen. Thank you for playing, and and and, and thank you oh, for welcome. thank you for your your vocation there at the parish and serving the youth. We appreciate that. I'm going to put you on hold for a moment, and Cheryl will get on the phone okay. with you, get some information. Again, uh, Bob, thanks for playing. Oh, you're welcome. It's exciting. It's uh, I've never got into a radio station. Before. <laughs> well, there you go. This is the first time for everything. <laughs> and you even got yes. the Hallelujah chorus. That's so right. that's we, we were happy. We were your first. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah, we'll be, hang on. Cheryl, be right with you. And friends, you stay where you are. There's going to be more to come, and here is some of Morning Has Broken. All right, congratulations, Bob, from Point Pleasant. Yes, morning has broken is the correct answer. That is today's Catholic tune, and it was pref- actually most made most famous, I guess, by Cat mm-hmm. Stevens. Now, Cat Stevens is called Yusuf Islam. Where he changed he- his name. Cat <laughs> Stevens. From Cat Stevens to Yusuf Islam. Well, to each Commonly his known own. by his stage name, Cat Stevens. Yeah. I have no words. Well, first of all, his first name was Cat. <laughs> Which I love. I think that's a wonderful... I mean, you know anybody else named Cat? There was a lady we knew now here. I'm going to Well, short. That was short for Catherine, wasn't it? Right. Do you remember mm-hmm. her? She went by Cat. She was a jazz singer. Remember Cat came to our house and we had a, oh, yeah, a rehearsal yeah. there yeah, for a Yeah, she had the whiskers in the tail. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't even Halloween. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, but that, I remember, now did, did Cat Stevens use the same lyrics? 
He did. For the pop mm-hmm. song. But here now here's trivia number two. I should give away another prize. That hymn, as we know, Morning Has Broken, the hymn tune was used for three other sets of text. Same melody, hmm. different words. Do you know any one of them? No. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to think. Okay. <laughs> should I know them? Well, if I tell you what they are, you will know them. I probably will. Go ahead. Give me. Baptized in water. Baptized Baptized in water. water. Sealed by the Spirit. Sealed by the Spirit. This day God gives me. This This day day God God gives me. (laughs) One more. Um, Known as. Happy New Year. No. It's St. Patrick's Breast. Plate. Oh, St. Patrick's present. Christ, Christ be, be so- beside, beside me. me. Christ, Christ be behind, behind me. me. Mm-hmm. How about that? So we learn something every day. All right. Well, we'll learn more in an hour uh, for the next hour coming up. Don't go away, friends, because next hour, uh, Father Jim Grogan's here to give his uh, gospel reflection for this Sunday's gospel. Also, later on, Tony Barris, who's the director of the Office of Worship for the Diocese of Metuchen, and more music and all kinds of stuff. Now, if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook, We're going to cut away from those platforms for just about two or three minutes and be back on at 5 o'clock. So stay where you are. There's more to come on Friday Live. Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. Hi, this is Peter Herbeck, host of Fire on the Earth. Heard right here on Domestic Church Radio every morning, Monday through Friday at 6.45 a.m. Join us as we seek to hear the voice of Jesus, who calls each one of us personally to follow him, to share in his life, his mission, and his destiny, and to live the high adventure of Catholic discipleship. I hope you can join us every morning, 6.45 a.m. on Domestic Church Radio. God bless you.
I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. I worked in pro baseball for a long time and we play on Sundays. And it was an easy excuse. I took the easy out and just didn't go to Mass. Got caught up on that whole selfishness, that whole, you know, um, I can do it all. The times when I was struggling were the times I needed God the most. And now that uh, I've come back and accepted God, my world has completely changed. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. It must be understood at the beginning that the Eucharist may be considered either from the point of view of a sacrament or from the point of view of a sacrifice. In order to understand this distinction, because it is rather a technical one, we go back to the analogy of nature. Every day of your life, you partake of certain food, the products of wheat, vegetables, fish, meat. They all enter into the sustenance of your life. They nourish you, they feed you. But have you ever thought of this other side? Before they can ever nourish you, they must be submitted to some kind of sacrifice. Before they can be the sacrament of your physical life, they must die or be sacrificed. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Do you love praying for people? Have you ever wanted to use your gift of prayer to share Jesus with others and build up the body of Christ? Start a public prayer station with St. Paul Street Evangelization. Listen to people's needs, pray with them, or invite them to meet you at church. St. Paul Street Evangelization can help you get started. Find out how at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. friends for another hour of Friday Live on this June 26th, 2020. I am still Jim. And I am still Cheryl. And, and we're we still here. Are still here <laughs> with you. And hopefully you are still here with us. That's right. And uh, again, coming to you on all sorts 
of media platforms, one of one of our four domestic church media radio stations here in New Jersey, Pennsylvania. But also you can listen. Hopefully you've downloaded our free mobile app. You can listen and watch on our free mobile app because we're coming to you live on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domestic church media. Also on our Facebook page, live video is streaming, facebook.com slash domestic church media. We're also streaming live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org and all the other audio platforms going around the world. So this hour, we're going to have our gospel reading for this coming Sunday, which is the 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time, I believe already. It is the 13th, yes. And Father Jim Grogan, uh, pastor of Nativity uh, Parish over in Fairhaven, will be our guest reflectionist. (laughs) Is that a word? (laughs) I don't know. I made it up. I don't want to say homilist because it's not really a homily, homily per se, but I guess it could be. Anyway, Father Jim's here. uh, He's done done great things for us. uh, Father Jim will be here. Then later on this hour, also, uh, we're going to have Tony Varis. And Tony is the director of the Office of Worship in the Diocese of Metuchen uh, to talk about, again, the transition that we're all making into Mm -hmm. getting back to Mass, getting back to parish life. And Tony will share some of that with us as well. But first, we will pray our gospel, and then Father Jim Grogan will be here with the reflection. And this is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his apostles, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives only a cup of water to one of these little ones to drink, because the little one is a disciple, amen, I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. Our Gospel this week, and the initial readings too, are filled with paradoxes and contradictions. Can the elderly couple described as kind and helpful to the prophet Elisha have a child? If you're united through baptism in the death of Christ, can you be alive? Can you die in order to have life? In order to gain life, you must lose life. If you love your mother and father, your sons and daughters, more than you love Jesus, you're not worthy of following him. Wow. Harsh words difficult to embrace. Or are they? Perhaps they are only difficult to embrace because we are, as Jesus chastised Peter by the Sea of Galilee, thinking as humans do. In human terms, when you lose your life, it is lost. In human terms, not loving your family is wrong and reflects some broken view of family life. So let us consider these same paradoxes through the lens of not human ideals, but sacred, holy ideals. If we freely choose to give up measuring our lives by human terms, 
to measure them by how our relationship with Jesus grows, we will be happier and will be able to love one another more deeply, more purely, more perfectly. If we choose to prioritize our lives in the order of God first, then family, then all the rest, we'll be closer to God, more understanding of his love, mercy, forgiveness, and outright joy in us. And that will make us better able to be a spouse or parent, brother or sister or child who loves. Only when we go through the process, sometimes painful, of emptying ourselves of human desires, can we have space in which to enter into communion with Jesus Christ. And only then can we love one another as he loves us. We realize, therefore, that in order to grow, we must shed the limitations of our human measurements and freely embrace how wildly joyful Jesus must be when we measure ourselves by his yardstick, not our human one. Only then can we fully appreciate and live what Jesus told us, to love one another as I have loved you, and to be holy as your heavenly Father is holy. The technical theological term for this is kenosis, a Greek word that means to empty oneself. Jesus emptied himself of the characteristics of God when he took on human flesh, or as St. Paul tells us, when he chose to take the form of a slave rather than simply as God. Forgetting the fancy theological terms, a helpful model for us might be a glass. What's in the glass? If we're thirsty and we want a glass of water, but it is filled with sand, we must empty it first. If we want that water to be fresh and healthy, we must wash the glass first. If we want to make room for what is good and promise and nurturing in life, we must empty out what is holding us back from the fullness of life. When our priorities are aligned with Jesus and his teaching, only then can we be as happy as God desires us to be, as successful as God made us to be, as loving as God calls us to be. When that happens, we can love our mother and father, our sister and brother, our children as Jesus loves us. When that happens, we give up our human measurements of success and find true happiness in serving others. Then, then we are filled with the fullness of God. These days, I'm constantly struck by how masks hide smiles and frowns hide anger and fear. Remember how hard it is for someone to see your smile when you're wearing a mask these days. With the proper balance of placing God first, your smile will come through in your eyes, your voice, in the peaceful joy of your life.
All right, that was Audrey aside. aside. 
Assad. From Assad. New Jersey, right? From New Jersey. It's a Jersey yeah. girl. Jersey. From Jersey. From Jersey. So, um, Tony Barris is going to join us in about 15 minutes or so, and he's the director of worship for the Diocese of Metuchen. And you, you deal with him on a pretty regular basis because you're in the right. Diocese and, of Metuchen. And, you know, we didn't plan it this way, but look how perfectly it fell into place, it, at least I think, because Deacon Anthony had that question, what adjustments do you have to make to the music? Right. And that's really a lot of what Tony's going to address, um, that there were adjustments and adaptations that need to be made. And at, at a certain point, after all the bishops met and, you know, as a statewide effort, they then decided every diocese would make their own determination within, you know, the skeletal outline that they received. Because everybody knows their parish. It's not a cookie-cutter answer. You know, large parishes might be able to do something a little bit different than those tiny parishes with smaller spaces. So, so Tony uh, ran a webinar and... Um, Again, those virtual meetings, and we had all the music directors on there in the Diocese of Metuchen, and he just outlined the Mass and, and where music should or should not go now. No hymnals in the pews. He might mention that later, but that's one of the first things we had to do even several weeks ago when we started allow some people back into the church. So there's no books, no, you know, that I know, could be but touched I still and don't retouched. get that. Because you're still required to wear masks. Mm-hmm. So if what difference does it make if you're talking or singing? You're still wearing a mask to cover. Yeah. I don't get it. I just I, I guess there are some things about this whole situation that maybe I'm just kind of a skeptical kind of guy. But I just don't know. I have a lot of whys. Mm-hmm. Why is it being done that way? Like, show me the science behind that. And then, of course, they well, did. Well, the rationale, not, not even the science, the rationale. I mean, if mm-hmm. you're telling me that... When I sing, more droplets uh, are expelled from my body at a further distance. But masks I, I understand, work. I understand that. But then yeah. if I have a mask on, are, are they getting through the mask still? And if they are, then what's the point of the mask? I know. I, I know. I, I, You're asking the wrong person because. I know. It's like a bad dream. <sighs> but then the thing with uh, the t- touching, didn't they s- say now that you cannot get the virus from countertops? Like here we went through gallons of antiseptics and sanitizers. I think there was there's less. They did, it wasn't as contagious as much as they thought it was. Yeah. So the fear is if your missalettes are in the pew and I use it at 9 a.m. and then you come at 10.30, are you going to pick up that same book? You can't go around and sanitize all the books. Just get to, get be, rid of the books. Are they are they sanitizing the pews? I will not speak upon those grounds. <laughs> was there, that what? might incriminate me. Uh-oh. I will not answer that on the air. Let me ask you this. Are they supposed to sanitize the pews? <laughs> oh, I believe the directive is yes to – between the masses, have a team that will go through and because sanitize. you touch the pew as you walk in and out of it. I do. You right. stand up, you're, you know, and then standing up and holding on sure. and kneeling. Especially, you know, some people need to lean on it to stand from kneeling, you know, to the standing position. So, um, yes, that is a definite recommendation, and we'll leave it at that. And I'm not making. I don't want people to think I'm making light of it or not taking it seriously. As I said, it's an under- whatever your comfort zone yeah. is. Right now, the, the, you know, there's no. Uh, obligation to attend mass, so you don't have to go if you don't if you're not comfortable. Right, there's the dispensation. So, that's right. So you have that opportunity. Okay, you know what? I'm just not there yet, so I'm going to stay home and, and watch the the, uh, the you know the, the uh, streaming streaming mass. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But if you choose to go to mass, there are the restrictions, you right. know, and just be aware of that. That's yeah. all. So you have the the options to either go or not go. Because mm-hmm. I'm not not I'm not you know diminishing or criticizing either way. I'm just questioning. That's all. Right. For my own purposes, because I just I'm understand. still not. I I would I would like to go to to mass. I miss my daily mass. But I, I just have a problem with wearing a mask at, ma- at mass. Yeah. I just, I, for me personally, I don't know. It just is like, yeah. is this really going to prevent me from getting the virus? Uh, if we're sitting, you know, pews apart, and uh, I don't know, just mm-hmm. it just doesn't uh, doesn't sit well with you. It's just, it's, it's not that it's, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm just not, I'm not sure why. I just don't have the answers. I guess yeah. you know, you can hear all the. All the explanations. Now you 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 you're doing morning masses. You're playing the organ mm-hmm. uh, for morning masses, mm-hmm. and your your Sunday liturgy, your weekend liturgies. Are you talking with parishioners at all? No, like I have my own little back door. I'm the only one that uses that door. Needs a key, and I go in the back. And then the organ is right there. My little office, the organ. No one else has any reason to be in that space. It's a very large church, and I see the parishioners. But when mass is over, they leave. There's no congregating, whether it's outside but at your, or in the is, lobby. Is this a Metuchen diocese? And Tony will verify this for us. But in the Metuchen diocese, you receive after mass is over. Right. So communion is. So not... you receive and you leave. Yes. Some people go back to their pew. Are they permitted to do that? Yes. They are. Okay. Yeah. But most of them, the, the idea is the receive way receive and leave. I just I, that doesn't mm, sit well with me. I know. I know, but it's not that way in every diocese. Like not here, not in Trenton. With, and we spoke with Father Gill. Right, and Trenton's not that way either. Trenton, okay. you receive regular regular communion time. Now, right. she, um, I was talking to my sister Janet, who is a parishioner at St. Paul's in, in Princeton. Mm-hmm. She was here today doing some wonderful volunteering and clerical work for us. <laughs> um, but she goes to the daily mass there occasionally, goes to weekend mass, and at daily mass anyway, she said, I said, now is there a communion line? She said, no, there are two priests, and the priests will come down to the pews. Is that and, right? And distribute to the people. See, everyone, they just have to make it work for their space. Mm-hmm. Now, we have the lines, and we've got the beautiful um, Marian blue tape on the floor. Every six feet, you've got a nice little— They should have a different saint. Yeah. A little quote from the yeah. saint. I know. So find some quotes from the saints about standing, about separating, about being distant. Mm-hmm. And just put little saint pictures down on the floor. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You can christen this whole thing. Yeah. But so in your place, when you stand for communion, you have to stand there's, six And there's certain directives. You know, you go up the center and then you leave via the outside and some of them just keep going. Now, you're receiving only on the hand? We can also receive on the tongue. You can, if okay. If you so choose. And how is that done? I mean, I know it's on the tongue, but... Right, but then from the same from the same priest or the same deacon or it's not a separate line. It is the oh, same is. priest, okay. but then immediately after that, he hand sanitizes again mm-hmm. before the next person comes forward. Wow! So now, very Janet, very different. Janet said the masses are shorter by her at St. Paul's for some reason because it's hmm. no singing. Well, even on <laughs> Sunday? Oh, I don't know about Sunday. Sunday, I don't know. Maybe no, they, they must have music. Mass. But it is it's minimal. You know, like one one verse. They're just trying to make it very, very simple. One verse on the way in, one verse on the way out. Now, in, in our case, we don't even have that closing recessional because we go right into communion. distribution of communion, and then they, they most of them leave. So I just play soft, meditative communion, no communion hymn. And your 
parish are they still offering at the same time have people in the parking lot? Is that happening at the same the time? The parking now? lot people are still out there. And they still receive afterward? They do. And then what was the other? We also have an overflow area because they were permitting 50 people in the church. Right. But, of course, more people want to come. We have our regular mass schedule, but they we have to keep so much distance. Um, but now they're going up to 100 people permitted in the church. So, hmm. But we have a gymnasium. And if they reach the church doors and they're at capacity, they're directed to go over to the gym. There's a large screen they can view, watch. And then when it's over, we have all the deacons and all the priests on hand for all the masses. And some go to the parking lot, some go to the gymnasium, and they can still receive. It's the most different ever. But it's very odd. They're just making it work, you know, and it's not going to be like that forever. Hey. I, I don't know if it's a fact. I saw a headline today, and I don't have it in front of me. It was from one of the news services that said Joe Biden said if he's elected, he's going to make it, he's going to use executive privilege to require everybody to wear masks all the time, forever, right, well, until until, until he says no. Now I wear that mask when I go into a store if I, they make me, and I don't. I try, you know, I do all my shopping, you know. Remotely, <laughs> have things. <laughs> or delivered. he sends the wife. I have things delivered <laughs> to my house, or Cheryl's kind enough to go, because I just have a hard time with the well, mask. We have the grocery delivery too, so we don't go out that. But much. that mask on my face, I, I feel like I can't breathe. I know. I just feel like I can't breathe. I, just, it, I don't know whether it's just a claustrophobic thing, or I just I feel like <laughs> I was I'm in a gasping. store, and at the next register there was a gentleman, and he finally just like uh, aghast took it off he goes i can't deal with this thing he goes this virus is going to kill me from sucking in the fabric on this mess because he was trying to have a conversation right. and he was laughing the next thing you know he was swallowing half the mask i mean i don't know i'm laughing about it i, I know it's very serious but well you know it strikes me too i see we watch the news and there was a while there because we get the philadelphia news we're over in, we're over in pennsylvania and they were all wearing their masks right but not the anchors in the studio they 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 weren't wearing masks and i was thinking well there you have you have technicians and lighting people and camera people there and you're not wearing masks but the people out on the street with nobody around out in the fresh air have masks on now you see them out reporters the field reporters out on the street with the masks under their chin yeah they're not really wearing it over their face but it's under their chin like a little beard <laughs> a little fashion statement i don't know what the point of that is right i mean can you figure the point of that why either you're wearing it or you're not or the people who wear it just over their mouths and their nose is showing mm. or people who wear it over their eyes <laughs> that might be it if you, well, Brad, put the put the mask over your eyes yeah, so you don't have to you see walk everybody's into crazy shelves hair. And things. <laughs> And see if somebody tries to stop you. Mm -hmm. Just wear the mask over your eyes yeah. and walk in, walk into a store. <laughs> Sir, the mask is not on correctly. Uh, oh uh, dear. Well, you only you have to laugh. You know, you just need some laughter in your life. Don't take. What everything. are some of the strain? We probably should have made it. Maybe we'll next, when we come back to Chris next week is, is uh, observed Fourth yeah, of July. Yeah, we didn't have a call-in comment or something. No, but maybe when we come back in two weeks uh we should find out what are the what are some, some of the stories yeah what are some of your mask stories or some of your what are people doing i it still strikes me and i don't know why i saw someone driving all by herself in the car with the windows closed with a mask on and her blue gloves mm. and mm -hmm. i thought why yeah. why are you doing that you don't have to wear the mask in your car you don't have to certainly have to wear the gloves yeah unless well, she just forgot to take them off well the only thing i could imagine and and i i had this conversation with um somebody one day and and they said 
sometimes you're out and you're running a lot of errands. So if you're in and out of stores, just stay equipped, run all your errands, mm. and then when you get home, then you take it off. So they could just be between running from the post office to the bank Possible. to the grocery or whatever. So again, that's know. their comfort zone. I'm not. Well, that's it. Yeah. I'm not. I shouldn't say. You, you know, that's up to them if they want to do that. That's fine. I'm not commenting. One you way don't or mean, like make faces at them or anything. Like no, that. I do. I talk to myself. <laughs> I talk to myself. That's what I do. I talk to myself in the car. and uh, I sing in the car. Concert. I'm not supposed to be singing. I know it. In the car, you can. Mm, you betcha I do. But you think about it now. You're out and about, you know, and every now and then I get out. But we're obviously not socially distancing. We're in the same house. We dine together. Well, you we, and I aren't. I know, but you could have it and I could have We could be uh, passing it back and forth. Mm, I don't know. Nah. I just, I just, I just don't understand. One day I'll have to ask the Lord why all this happened. Well, keep behaving and you'll have that opportunity. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I just think, I know what, because um, when I, again, I had my doctor's uh, appointment last week, my annual, he gave me a fine report. Poster child for cholesterol and everything. All right, my cholesterol's great. My heart is great. You he know. said something about the number that was very difficult. What was that? I raised my good, good cholesterol. cholesterol. It was at 30 last year. To this year, it was 36. Even better. Better. He goes, and that's hard to do. And I remember last year, he told me when I had to try raising a little bit. And I said, well, how do you do that? Is there anything I should do? And he goes, well, alcohol helps do that. <laughs> so Jim was see, right all over that I one. I said, all right, Doc, <laughs> I'll take you up on that. I'll try a little Jack Daniels in 2020. And, and mm -hmm. um you know, not a lot, but just every now and then, and it seems to have raised my my good cholesterol. Isn't he was very wonderful? impressed. He said, "That's a hard thing to do." I'm not saying it's because of the alcohol. He said, <laughs> well, "That's what it, raises it." I don't yeah. know why. How about oatmeal? Isn't that supposed to be good for your cholesterol? Oatmeal is supposed to be good. Yeah. Could be, uh, you know, some of that. Uh, I'm, I'm doing the super beets. Yeah, some of the vitamins. The super beet powder, then nitric oxide. You know, and all stuff. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he, and he, but he did say vitamin D. Is good, so he put me on vitamin D, and then my vitamin C. I've been taking a lot of vitamin C. That's right. good for it. People mm -hmm. our age. For, oh, people yeah. our age. You know, I'm not quite more, there yet. No, I'm I'm the I'm in the vulnerable category. So, yeah. all right. Well, we'll take a break, uh, and then when we come back, Tony Varis is going to join us from the Diocese of Metuchen to talk about uh, again integrating, getting back into uh, mass, and all the uh, changes that are being made, the adaptation. So stay with our friends. There's more to come on Friday Live.
Well, welcome back, friends. Happy to have you joining us on this lovely Friday afternoon. And uh, Cheryl's going to introduce our next guest. We are going to have with us from the Diocese of Metuchen, Tony Varis. He is the Director of Worship at the Diocese of Metuchen in New Jersey, a liturgist, a musician, a worship leader, a heart on fire for the liturgy and all that the Catholic faith brings us. He has a Master of Arts in Liturgy and Music from St. Joseph's College, Indiana, and I think has been doing the, the worship leader um, type work uh, for over 22 years now. And he has witnessed the many changes our Catholic liturgy has gone through since the late 1970s. Welcome, Tony. How are you? Oh, doing really well, Cheryl. Oh, good, good. Good, good to hear from you. Oh, it's so good to to connect. And I just want to share with the listeners that um, as you're in the position of director of worship, you have been so good throughout these last few months with the communications. You know, many of us were shut in. We're in the dark. You do turn on the news, but depending on what channel you're watching, you're getting a variety of uh, answers and, and many questions unanswered. But you have stayed on top of it and the bishop with our priests with just what's happening and what we might be able to expect. Of course, we don't have a crystal ball. So thinking through all these changes that we have gone through in all these years, I bet you have never seen anything or experienced anything like we have in the last couple of months. Well, no, Cheryl. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> it's been quite surprising to uh, every every corner I turn, there seems to be something new mm. and uh and interesting that's uh, presented to me. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, I've been doing this for maybe 20 years or so as a diocesan director, but before mm. that I was, was in parishes for about the same amount of time. So mm. it, 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 is, um, it was part of, it was always on my mind as we were putting together these documents, uh, what it might feel like when I would, was in the parish and mm. what I might need as a parish leader. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you tended so well to us, because you put yourself on that other side. You were on the organ bench, you know, for so many years. It's like, well, what, what would my reaction be? How's it going to affect the musicians? And a, a lot of people just roll with it. You know, they're real flexible, but many are very set in their ways. They like to know what to expect. They like the routine, the, you know, their predictability. And we, many of us are going to be coming back into church um, these days, and not knowing what to expect is kind of makes some feel very nervous. And what I loved when we attended the webinar, you were very calm, you were very just, um, just pastoral in how some things will be the same, but others might be different. But it's, it just brought my whole blood pressure down and my, my heart rate slowed down. It's like, everything's going to be okay because Tony said so. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you so much. But, you know, sure, I, they're, they're, uh, we, we took the approach that there are going to be some things that are new mm-hmm. and some things that are unexpected. But, you know, what's, what's very interesting, when you open up the Roman Missal or you look at the liturgical documents, it's almost as if the Church, after 2,000 years of experience doing its liturgies, was almost planning for this, oh. even though it probably didn't have this particular pandemic in mind. But there are so many options available for us. So what we did is we looked at the options. Mm-hmm. So we went back to the documents themselves. And I think that is, for me, what gave me some sense of security, because I didn't, even though 
the situations were new, and even though the particulars were different from anything I'd ever encountered, I, I don't think I would have ever imagined that we would have a congregation wearing face masks. Right. Mm. But I recognized that it's not about the participation of the assembly, necessarily what we hear, but it occurred to me that the participation is internal, it's external, and whatever that participation is, is what we should be focusing on. So the documents gave us a lot of direction here. Tony, how much of how much of this? Uh, because now, of course, you're in the diocese of Metuchen, and our signal goes into four different dioceses in the metropolitan area. There are a few mm-hmm. things we're noticing that are a little different with each diocese. But you're mentioning, as far as our um, celebration of the liturgy, you go to the documents. But that had you had to also taken into consideration the governor's orders and things that we had to abide by as well. So how did that? How did that, how did that jibe? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the, the, it's different in New York State. It's going to be different in New Jersey. And even within the state of New Jersey, each bishop reacted a little bit differently. And the reason for that is because each diocese is a little different in its makeup. So we had to really tailor uh, – you're, you're absolutely right on track in that you might go to Newark archdiocese, and things might be a smidgen different mm-hmm. than they are here in Metuchen. So we tailored ours for our people, and our bishop kind of knew our pastoral situations. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it, it is definitely different from diocese to diocese. Mm-hmm. We were in some communication, um, not me directly, but I do know that our office was was in communication, uh, the bishop's office, excuse me, was in communication with the the governor's office in some ways to to kind of make sure that what we were doing was in line with um, what the governor felt was safe. And then we also were, uh, were, we used uh, our our folks over at St. Peter's Hospital, the University Hospital, Mm -hmm. and they were able to advise us as well. So for example, a particular liturgical practice might come up, and then we would run it by uh, the folks at the hospital, and they'd say, well, you know, this is safe, but this isn't, so maybe we can find another angle here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and that's kind of what we had to consider, you know, and always thinking of the common common good is what we were focused on. Well, that's it. We, we are needing to incorporate these protocols for the safety and mm-hmm. the care, and, and we need to impress upon the parishioners, this is all for you because we love you and we care for you and we want to keep you safe. Yet the yeah. challenge lies in still trying to have the participation, whatever that might look like or sound like. Of course, we know mm-hmm. there's probably no sign of peace, and there hasn't been since even before it, the virus really settled in. Well, actually, you know, we do have a sign of peace, but we just don't touch. Okay. Because the sign of peace hasn't been eliminated. Mm. It's just that we don't shake hands because the sign of peace can be done in a variety of different ways. You can you can nod at someone. True. Uh, you can bow. Mm. Uh, as a matter of fact, in different countries, shaking hands wouldn't even occur. If, if you go to Italy, uh, not now during the pandemic, but, right. you know, in Italy, for example, they have that traditional uh, – uh, side kiss on each of the the, yeah. the the cheeks of the person, and that's called their that's their sign of peace. So okay. there's no distinguished or 
uh, specific required sign. And that's kind of what we had to share with a lot of people is that there's no required sign of peace, but we actually still do the, the, the sign. Okay. All righty. So what were some of the, the more difficult um, adaptations, I guess you want to call it that, that had to be made here? Well, the most, the most difficult one has to do with, um, uh, with music, uh, mm. because music is such an important part of what we do as, as Catholics at the liturgy. You know, um, and there are two styles, or not styles, it's not the right word, but there's two types of music that are part of, of uh, the liturgical celebration. Uh, and there's music that's integral, the, the liturgical song, that's integral to the, to the liturgy itself. It's like if the priest says, the Lord be with you, you have to respond, right. and also with you. Mm-hmm. So the sung aspects, the holy, the memorial, we had to really think carefully about how we were going to do those because we know that that uh, singing, where at least we're told that singing can increase risk. Mm-hmm. And then there's the sacred music, which is more of a of a well, I like to call it like a musical instrument, if you will. Mm-hmm. Sacred music lifts your hearts and and minds, and it's much it's it's a passive aspect of of the the, the liturgical celebration. So we had to kind of focus a bit, and we decided here in the Diocese of Metuchen, after doing some consultation, that we would focus on uh, minimal, minimal singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a very difficult decision to make. Um, you know, how much singing would we do right. uh, to be safe? And that's, that's a, a tough call for us. And then if you, if you go back to, again, like you were saying, well, you could go to the Roman Missal, we go to the documents. Um, if you go to, was it Sing to the Lord, that uh, publication? Sing that, to the Lord, Music and Divine Worship. Right, yeah. and they listed the priority of what really, you know, not right. every possible place has to be sung, and they would prioritize it. And people might be surprised that hymns was at the very bottom, whereas you say the dialogues with the priest, you know, that, that call and response, mm-hmm. we have to answer those and the parts of the Mass, very, very important. But the hymns, which might, like you say, just be inspiring, is not um, the very first priority that we have to do. Right. And, you know, we approach the liturgical celebrations, and this is what's not new. Um, but it, but the principle is, is a principle that we applied as we were struggling through how to do this. But we approach the liturgy with, with a noble simplicity. And what mm-hmm. that means is that um, everything doesn't have to be done always at its height, number one, mm-hmm. and also that the things that are not necessary, uh, unnecessary clutter can be sort of taken out of the liturgy so that you focus on the things that are truly noble and truly uh, essential to the liturgical celebration, and then you build out from there. But we we employed this principle of noble simplicity to get rid of the clutter and only do what's what's essential to the, the celebrations uh, so that they're still meaningful. That's so beautiful, and I love the phrase, and, and it makes me think of I was speaking to a woman who was able to go to one of the daily masses, and she said there was no music, and, and she is a music lover, but uh, there was no music, of course. It was the daily morning mass, and it was her first time back in church, and she said it was the most beautiful experience because 
all I did was focus on every little move and every little word that, you know, that the priest would pray. And, and, and it, it, in that way, it was very simple. And it just encompassed her whole mind, body and spirit. She goes, it, it was just a great way to be introduced back into attending public mass and just appreciated mm-hmm. all that was there. And she goes, now, maybe next time, then I'll get to the weekend where they'll add music. But it, it's interesting how the simple is sometimes better. In my ministry, um, what has been so life-giving for me, and you might experience something similar, Cheryl, what has been so life-giving for me over these 40-something years has been to hear the assembly singing, but not necessarily um, uh, the hymns, although they've been very special to me, mm-hmm. but to hear when they join the choir of angels singing holy, 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 yes. or when, when, when the, the responses of the Mass are sung back to me mm-hmm. um, in, in ways, you know, I might say, may, may sing a, a, a verse of something and then as a psalmist, and then the, the people would respond. Mm-hmm. Those are always the most life-giving moments for me, but those are also very simple moments. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily moments that are filled with lots of instrumentation and glorious sounds, but the beautiful sound is that singing assembly, um, just kind of singing back in a dialogue between cantor and people. Yes, yes. It's almost like the extraordinary form without the Latin. (laughs) In a sense that people are, you know, they're they're, they're not, the the hymns are, the grand hymns aren't there and the Right. Offertory hymns, That's aren't they? True. But it's just part of an interaction at times between the, well, the, the priest. Well, yeah, the, the 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 mass of John the twenty third was the was the forerunner of what we have. So right. you know, there, there's a sense of an unbroken tradition between the the mass that we celebrate now and the mass right. that was celebrated uh, prior to the Second Vatican Council. There's a continuity to that, sure. and those principles really have not changed. Uh, uh, these these ideas have been been around for quite a long time in the in the church, mm-hmm. and they really haven't changed. Uh, a lot of people think, oh, with the Second Vatican Council, everything you know, switch was turned. It really right. wasn't. No. It, was right. a, it was a continuity to it. That's right. So your reference to the extraordinary form, the, the Missal of uh, of John the Twenty Third, mm-hmm. is a great reference because it's it's this new ritual that what we call the Novus Ordo, right. which has grown from. It's, it's built upon that mass of uh, John the 23rd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great, great uh, point you make there. Well, well thank I you very he- much. I hear another program coming. We're going to have to have you back, Mr. Farris. <laughs> oh, I'd love to come back. Well, we'd love to have you. Uh, we're just about out of time. But now, again, you're in the Diocese of Metuchen, and we do have many listeners in uh, that part of the state as well. Is, is Are these um, outlined on a website anywhere people want to look and see? Because I, I was just, last night we were discussing here, because we live in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, and I said, Jen, when I go to Mass at St. Mike's, let's say, will I have to wear a mask? And I'm trying to find out, is, is it, you know, how do we find these things out? How do people know what to do? Right. Our our bishop has chosen to communicate directly with the pastors and ask the pastors then to implement specifics for their parish. Okay. So uh, if people need to know uh, something specific, they should go first to their pastor. Um, that's been the been our bishop's approach to this, is that he, he works and supports the pastor in, in the case of, of all of the documents, and then uh, he's relying on them to communicate. He feels that's the best way to communicate 
because each uh, parish is a little different. Right. So I would encourage anyone to go to your parish website. That's always a great place to start. And I've even seen, um, well, I'm with St. Magdalene's, as you know, in Flemington, and they did a little tutorial. It's a little video that you can watch with. Mm -hmm. uh, It was done very, very well. And so people, again, when things are unfamiliar, sometimes it just it shakes the spirit for some people, you know. So this way you can kind of know, review, review the little tutorial, know what to expect, and you'll feel very comfortable and at ease on the weekend. You and know. they could always, folks can always send me an email if they have a specific question. <laughs> All right. And and they know they can get that through me. So we'll, we'll keep the... The dots connected with all this wonderful communication. We thank you so much for taking some of your time to uh, enlighten us. And uh, we'll definitely have to have you back. I'd love to come back. All right. Thank Great. you, Tony. Great. Appreciate it. And friends, you stay where you are. Going to be back with more. Don't go away. It started like it does for many people. Question my faith and question authority. And I feel that the reason why I left was the the draw of the world. The world was pulling me away. Some people would say, you know, Satan would, you know, Satan was working on me. He did not want me in church. He wanted me to be desperate. He wanted me to have uh, the thoughts of suicide. I started to realize that a lot of the things that I experienced in my life were a result of my rebellion against God and against authority. Coming back to the church is the first step in healing from all of the hurts of the world. I went from being desperate and in despair to finding hope and encouragement for for the future. I'm on God's team. I, I know who I belong to and I know where I'm going and there's nothing that can separate me from God's love. Take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We asked people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? Boy, I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze that lasted forever. Great kiss. Those things are really important. (laughs) She got a really short haircut that she hated, and I wrote her a note and put it up on the mirror saying that she was a cute girl with cute hair. What have I done for my marriage today? We've actually organized a date night tonight. What have I done for my marriage today? Wow, that is a great question. Uh, I took the baby while she worked. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. (laughs) Today, I sent an email to my husband, and I said, you rock. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. I listened to my wife uh, when we talked on the telephone today. She really likes it when I listen. What have you done for your marriage today? Little things can make a big difference. For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. I woke up and took care of the baby and let him sleep. Was that the, uh, what you said? (laughs) (laughs) Remember those days? Yes. Getting up with the baby. Who's going to get up? Uh, We took turns. We were pretty good We did, but the funny thing is with the first baby, every little, (laughs) you (laughs) jump and you get up. Second baby, maybe. Third baby, uh, He'll go back See to sleep. See you in the morning. He'll go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Fourth baby. Uh, the other, then the older kid takes care of The older baby yeah, takes care right. of Yeah, that's right. You send the older baby in there to take care of <laughs> I think Charlotte will be good with that. She loves Our to. Our granddaughter. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. She was she was rocking Rocking Jack. little Jack with his bottle. And he's only a year, two years younger than she is. He's not like he's a baby anymore. Oh, no. Year and a half. But with the new baby coming. In the fall. She'll be a big She'll help. She'll be a big help. Mm-hmm. But see, that's why they have these young parents, and then the grandparents just hold them and rock them and go home and go to sleep. 
We couldn't do it now. Two a.m. feedings. And Are you kidding? We wouldn't hear. We wouldn't hear the baby. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't even hear the baby if the baby was crying. No. Although when our babies, when they stay, when our grandchildren sleep over. Yes. We do. I, I I'm like half half awake I all know, night. I sleep very lightly yeah, because uh, yeah, because yeah, I'm listening for them. I remember. And it's okay. Like I I embrace it. The last time they were there. You were already downstairs, and Charlotte was in that little room, little guest room next to our bedroom. And I had, I was getting dressed, and I heard, Nana, <laughs> and oh, she was wow. calling, and I said, Charlotte, come on in. And so she came in, and she was she just standing there. We were just having a conversation, little oh, just little baby so talk. It was just fun. wonderful. Oh my gosh! I just you know she, I was finished getting dressed, and we went downstairs and I had breakfast with you. And Speaking of conversation, she's into big words now. Now she's only three and a half. But she wants to be able to just toss out big words. Oh, so yeah? they were talking about something. And um, Charlotte said, Well, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> like, the bigger the word, the better. Well, so we'll teach her big words then. Showing off her vocabulary. It's a smart And you know, I got to tell you, we're, I know we're, we're a lot of grandparents out there who feel the same way. You know, you, you really miss these babies during this time of pandemic. But it's a sacrifice. We, you know, what would we do without FaceTiming? I know. Years and ago. And video. We have, every now and then we'll just all of a sudden get a video or a picture on our phones. I know. We are blessed. Remember the old days? You, you used to have to go to the uh, drugstore to develop your film and wait for oh, two weeks to get the pictures. Like mail you know what I found myself doing the other night? Really, really strange. I was looking in one of our albums, our photo albums, and there was a picture of uh, whatever. And I, I was dry. I couldn't make out what was in the picture, so I took my fingers. Oh, my And goodness. I thought, wait a minute. This Trying it's a to photograph. It's, a, it's an actual photograph. That doesn't work. <laughs> trying to enlarge it. Trying to it enlarge or... it. Isn't that really weird? I, yeah. I caught myself. So, stupid. That's okay. not, you can't do that. It's a photograph. Mm-hmm. Just out of habit, just trying to now, enlarge the picture. there's something, if there's some younger people listening, we're talking about photo albums. Like our children, they don't have photo albums. No. It's all in the phone. Right. Or in, on in their the cloud. Computer. In the, the cloud. The cloud, the computer. In the cloud. Know, photo files um and then what happens when god forbid you lose power you lose memory your phone yeah. falls in the ocean and all the f- that happens sometimes it does <laughs> all right well we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna head on home to our cloud so i uh, hope you have yes. a great weekend uh, i think it's a few thunderstorms tomorrow jim said her chance on sunday but enjoy whatever you can throughout the weekend and uh, i'll be back with you god willing on tuesday Next Friday is the 4th of July celebration. Right. It's actually the 3rd, but the observance. So we will not be here. How about here. some patriotic music? We'll put some I music know. on for you. Email me your favorite patriotic. No, there's not a lot of choices, right? Okay. But email Cheryl there's... your favorite patriotic patriotic songs for next or week's. maybe pr- peace or something like that. Uh, Cheryl at domesticchurchmedia.org. Have a great weekend, friends. Thanks for joining us. God bless you.